No, it was, it was good. Obviously, you know, he's been battling through some stuff, and he, he's a warrior. He goes out there and competes every day, competes every week, um, is able to battle through those those things that he's fighting. But uh, to, you know, get him back healthy, get him 100% and get going to that rhythm um, is huge. Let's go down to life out here. What the hell's going on out here? Hey, what about that now? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's DDD NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group. It's Twitter. Do I need to stop? No, I'm not going to say it. There's only no one. No one's calling it X apart from Elon, Elon Musk. Uh, the Packers won today, so there is that. I did predict, though, and this is this is a mind-blowing stuff, the team that sucked the least would win this game. What a bizarre game. Look, if you don't get along with the mother-in-law, right, package up this game in highlights um, and send it to her. This is the perfect gift for someone you don't like. In fact, sit in her house at Christmas. And start watching the game and be very animated. And when she t- t- feigns interest and goes, Oh, what's it's just the green team you like? Say, Yes, Bridget, sit down and watch it with me. And then put her through it. Because it was terrible. Look, there's some good parts, some bad parts. I asked for your takes and I'm going to read those out in this podcast as well. But look, I've got a case of the frozen tundras. Um, I'm back from Lambo. Uh, we went over for four slash five days. Uh, sold out again, 50 people. We went to see the Badgers take on Ohio State. There were 14 points underdogs. They put up a good fight, but they lost. I will say I was standing in the pro shop trying to get warm. What a place to be. And then I went to the Packers game with everybody. Went tailgating. Absolute blast. God damn it, the people we get on this. Do you know what it is? It's if You know when you're in school, right? And you're just in there with just some crazy people. Other people you don't get along with. Other people, best friends for life. But it's just this melting pot. And then you go on to college and you tend to be, if you're actually doing the course that you're interested in, lumped in with a bunch of people that are kind of like-minded. And then if you go and specialise and you get into another field, sometimes, if that's your calling, uh, you'll be in with a bunch of people. And it just starts to sort of weed out the people and you're hoping you find like-minded people because that's what your interest is. That's kind of what it's like going on the Packers tour. Just 50 cheeseheads, one cheese fan, 50, 49 cheeseheads, um, just fantastic people, just unbelievable. I'm going to go into in-depth about what the tour was like. Hopefully, I'm going to drag a couple of people on that were on the tour and talk about it. I won't wax too lyrical now because um, I've got the sniffles. Right. Um, hold on. There's something here for this, is there? Have I got it? No, I don't have it. I'll just do this one. Right, I don't think it's Sharon. Don't think it's coronavirus, but it's not great. Um, so look, we're just gonna run through the game. Um, and we'll go into the group trip another time when I drag some people on. But look, we had our first inaugural all expenses paid winner from patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. Um, Callum Carrison on the trip. And you would expect that because I gave him a free trip, I'm gonna make him hold the camera, right? That sounds weird. Hold on a second. Uh, you know what I mean. It's getting late. Uh, or follow him around and all that. Now I'd love to get Callum on. Um, at some stage to chat about what his experience was like but I pretty much left him alone right I just let him be uh, he hung out with friends that he met over there um, and it is exactly as it says on the tin right if you enter patreon.com forward slash UK Packers you get onto the gold tier now because the actual the smaller Lambo tier is locked for the minute um, you get onto that gold tier well then you're in with a chance every month to be drawn to be in that draw 
uh, for the all expenses paid trip. It is very expensive. It cost me over two thousand pounds. Um, it's not a gimme. It's not free. I don't go to touchdown trips and they say, yeah, look, we'll just send someone over with you. That's not how it works. It's not a free lunch. We actually pay all of that money. So if you get in, it is greatly appreciated because um, you getting on there enables us to be able to do this. Okay, and that's how it is. Anyway, anyway, enough plugging of that. How did this game go? Well, you've seen it yourself. If you've watched the game, you know how it went. The defense showed up to play and the temptation there is to say, well, you know, look, Brett uh, Rippon is what they were calling the Rippian. Yeah, fine. He's terrible. He was crappy. He had a 36 passer rating. Couldn't get out and done. You know, Matt Stafford was out. He was in late notice. It was a game time decision. So what did we really expect? I, you know, balderdash is what I'd say to that. The defense showed up today, uh, by and large. Now, there was one or two plays that they got burned on. But, like, it's this sort of expectation of perfection, I think, that kills people. Um, you know, you look at it, um, we get a third and long, and then we get burned on it. Now, if you're getting consistently burned, there's a problem. Um, if you find Preston Smith on Devontae Adams, it's likely a mismatch, but that also happens, and that's a problem. Uh, but the defense really showed up, and I, I found that they, you know, they were blowing up plays in the backfield. Uh, Rashan Gary, after getting his massive extension, um, really showed up to play. There was an unfortunate, I think it was the second defensive stand where he was getting the sack, but it ended up being a face mask, and that was quite clear. He's making a play, and then he got another sack on the next play, but then that was an offside. Um, so they got a penalty there, and at that stage. You know, the penalty thing was really rearing its head. And that's one of the bad things in this game. And that's one thing that the Packers are doing. And it really drove Matt LaFleur absolutely insane. Again, I'm just going to pause at this juncture and apologize if my voice sounds weird because uh, I'm heavily bunged up. But look, I thought the defense were here to play. And with all the hullabaloo over Rasul Douglas leaving, and I was very fond of Rasul. I believe I still have some of his signed merch, I think, uh, coming up in the Patreon draws because he was just a stellar player. I just love his story. You know, practice squad guy, here's a guy, and he comes onto the team and he plays really, really well. However, I do have my take on that as well, because when I was doing, and like I do for all of these podcasts, I'm not going to get into it in that detail now, just because I, I don't know how my voice is going to come across in the recording, um, to go play by play. But when I did the play by play, Rasul Douglas was being burned this season on an awful lot of plays there was consecutive plays he gave up you know where he slipped on one and then he botched his assignment on the other to give up um, touchdowns and I mean if you're going to do a Sherlock Holmes on it what did we see we saw Rasul Douglas getting traded and then the Packers defense having a great performance so if anything Rasul was the problem right isn't that the way it works is that it no look he was a great player um, but it was quite obvious what the deal was look when it first happened the the tweet from the group account was, why? In Roy Reynolds fashion, right? But you understand it, okay? And I know people are saying, oh, well, it goes to show the Packers have given up on the season. They're trying to tank. And look, um, I don't know who said it, but they were sort of like, look, I don't believe that any team tanks as such. Um, and who was it? I think it was Gudekunz actually said it himself. And they said to him, like, oh, you know, like, is the expectation there that you're tanking or whatever? And he said, no, I don't know any team that actually does it. And he tried to draw a fine line between kind of shafting some experienced players out because that seems like the right time, but not calling it tanking. Look, it's as simple as this with the Rasul Douglas, and this is as succinctly as I can sort of wrap it up. Rasul Douglas was too, going to be too expensive next year, so he was likely going to be traded or cut or whatever, right? 
Um, Gudekunst said he wasn't shopping anybody. Let's take him at his word for that, let's say. Uh, the Bills called him and offered him a third round pick to send him and a fifth round pick the other way. And I think for Gudekunst, what I would surmise is, is that he was seeing that Rasul was gone anyway, or he was going to try find a home for him, and he didn't know what he was going to get. So to get a third round pick, and I know we sent the fifth round, to move Rasul early as in get rid of him this season instead of next season because it seems likely that that probably would have happened based on his salary cap number and maybe based on some of his performance this year because there was some plays in there by and large he was a great player um i know the players come out and Keyshawn nixon said you know he's broken hearted over it or something to that effect joe barry came out and was sort of saying i was flabbergasted by it i don't really understand Look, it's understandable. You you get rid of him now for higher value or you wait till the end of the season and then you you don't get that value for him. And Gudekunst obviously thought, look, let's ship him now. The season is, you know, on a knife edge, really. It's it's a rebuild season. He knows that. If you're going to move a player on anyway, get the value for him now. Is it really going to impact stuff? Will it have an impact on the locker room to try elevate people? Now, there's all these conspiracy theories about you know, within finger pointing and, and blowing coverages and trying to blame other people that that was bad for the locker room. Look, I don't I, I don't think beggars can be choosers in this type of scenario. I think, look, he was a fantastic defensive player. The Packers were going to go with him for the rest of the season. If anything, they need veteran help on this team because the, the inexperience and the penalties that are coming out are astounding, really. Um, so they need someone in there to help them. But look, it turns out they got the call. Um, they were getting great value that he would have seen. They moved him slightly earlier than they expected. And we've seen today, did it impact the defense in this game in particular? No. Will it impact him in future games? Maybe. Uh, we've seen other players go away with injury. Keyshawn Nixon went out momentarily. Innes Gaines came in. Um, so look, it, it could come home to roost, but the defense actually had a fantastic game um, in this. And what they did was, the defense and special teams, is that they gave the Packers offense great field position. Um, and yes, the Rams had qu- poor quarterback play, um, but... I, I feel like they're very comparable as to what we had with what they had and they were considerably better at the quarterback position. Um, and I'll go on and speak about Jordan Love because I think it was underwhelming um, in the first half as usual. Uh, not him as usual, but you know the first half was dodgy. But I just think that, look, if, if you're coming up against a quarterback, you pin your ears back and get after him. Of course you do, but that leaves you susceptible to the run and we didn't give up an awful lot in the run game considering. So defensively, great performance. Offensively, uh, mostly yeah, uh, bad performance. Well, one thing that sort of stands out with Jordan Love is is that uh, he delays too long. But the, the and again, this is a it's a criticism of his play because I think that he he could do better. Right, it's as simple as that. Um, and let's not wrap him up in, in cotton ball here and give him an out just because of this, that, and the other. Right. So I feel like there's some plays that he delays too long. Uh, he misses open receivers, I think, because of it. I think he goes through his reads and doesn't come back through them. And sort of, you know, when the play breaks down, I think that's not his forte. Um, and I think certainly in the second half, if you look at it, he's been, imagine he's been coached that, look, if, if you freak out, everything breaks down, go for the easy check down. And I think he did that. But the offense, it simply comes down to this, is that the Matt LaFleur offense, and I say this every single bloody podcast, the Matt LaFleur offense is run first. You run, 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 run like crazy. 
Then you do some pre-snap motion or you add it all in together in one little melting pot. And that then cracks open the game to long pass plays because Aaron Rodgers talked about it when Matt LaFleur first came to town, that he was very excited to tear the top off the defense and that you can take those deep shots. Um, and then it also causes mismatches. And that's what we saw in the Musgrave touchdown. So that was Musgrave's first touchdown of the season. Um which was great. So we saw that mismatch. We saw the pre-snap motion. We saw the confusion and he ended up being free. And that is the offensive majesty that they refer to when they talk about Matt LaFleur or the Sean McVay or Shanahan tree is to do with that sort of, uh, you know, stacked receivers, bunch formations, pre-snap motion, moving people around, discovering the coverage before it happens, you know, and that's just something Jordan Love has to get to know. Now, what he's been underwhelming at is the delays, uh, the picking open wide receivers, I think, and working back to it when the play breaks down, and also the accuracy issues. Um, I'm not as down on Jordan Love uh, with that type of stuff, but it, it's quite clear that if you're leaning on the run to go for deep shots to running threats and downfield threats like uh, Christian Watson, who pulled in an impossible catch. And then it went out, I think, with a chest and a back injury from coming down with that play. Um, you have to be accurate enough to make it because if they feel that you're too inaccurate or you're open for an interception, uh, well, then, you know, it's not going to go too well for you. So that's what I think is lacking. But I think that comes down to experience. Um, and I think if you're not going to get an accurate deep ball, well, then you need to game pass around it and go for sort of the more medium or mid stuff. Um, that being said, there was a deep pass that was underthrown for sure. It wasn't where it was supposed to be. If it was at the corner of the end zone, it would have been a short touchdown to Christian Watson. However, Watson did turn around and was falling to the ground and that ball came in underthrown. And yes, he had to adjust. But to me, that's a catchable ball. And it's not what anybody wants to hear. You want to be... Look, we're so used to Aaron Rodgers basically, you know, almost walking the ball down the field and just putting it into the guy's hands. Incredible accuracy under pressure. Uh, when the play breaks down, long distance. I mean, the guy was unmatched. So to expect that from Jordan Love now is probably unreasonable. Um, and yes, you know, that's the, what they get paid for, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that that was a catchable ball. There was another one later in the game uh, where Malik Heath went to get the ball and it was inaccurate, right? It was a bit too low. But yeah, I mean, not every pass is going to be on the money. It'd be great if it was, but that's not how things go. And Malik Heath could have come down with that ball. He didn't come down with the ball. And I guess it's frustrating that when you need your younger players or receiving players to make that play, against the odds to a degree um, and it, that wasn't even that bad it was just more to his feet but remember in Aaron Rodgers last couple of years the passes were constantly at the receivers feet and Rodgers would turn around and absolutely bollock the receivers when they didn't come down with it so not only would a sort of inaccurate foot pass be seen as acceptable for a first ballot hall of famer and um, he also would expect you that even though he kind of made a balls of it by throwing it too low he expects you to come out with the ball so if that's the expectation from him you'd imagine that the same should be shown uh, for jordan love now look yes get it accurate all that kind of jazz uh, uh, aaron jones as well i mean a healthy dose of aaron jones he came out before the game and said that he feels pretty much 100% it was no secret that he was on a snap count um, and a pitch count the same as rashan gary he was carrying that hamstring injury, as was Christian Watson. And isn't it funny 
that when Aaron Jones comes back full health, if that's true, uh, well, then they have a more outstanding game on offense. Now, outstanding. I think we've raised our level of offensive play to abs- from absolutely dreadful to meh, right? But we still got an awful lot of purchase early in the game. Um, our run yard average was way better. AJ Dillon even got some good runs in there as well. as an awful lot of punishing runs that he got. And Aaron Jones adds himself to the list. I think he's seventh now in franchise history. He moves past Donald Driver and Paul Hornung or Horning, if you want to call him. Uh, so now he has 63, and they had 62 touchdowns. So up amongst history. So look, it's a learning curve for the offense. They're young. Uh, there's inaccurate stuff. There's grisly stuff. And penalties are still killing us. Now, what I would say is, and I think you will, you'll have to agree, is that some of the penalties called were a slight touch dodge. Uh, there was a couple of occasions where, and I think it was John Runyon on both, that there was fourth and inches. There was the tush push and the quarterback sneak. And we got them both times, but John Runyon was pulled back for offsides. Um, I watched the play back and I still don't understand it. Now, they got Dean Blandino on to explain it. And he said, look, this is a point of focus this year for the refs. Um, they're calling these way more. He gave some uh, stat about, you know, they're calling this way more this season than prior seasons. The thing is, is when there is a point of focus like this, like roughing the passer was a couple of years ago, uh, they tell the NFL teams, look, be on the lookout for it because we're going to call it more. And if you're still getting caught out, uh, it's shame on you. Now, you get caught out the first time, fine, right? You get caught out the second time, painful. And then there was another fourth and one or fourth and short. And then there was um, a false start by Reed, And you can see LaFleur go absolutely nuts. You know, I think we ended with eight penalties in this game, if not more. I'd have to check the stats. Uh, but too many, and that shows poor discipline. Um, you know, we had a first and ten on an offensive uh, stand with A.J. Dillon. He runs for five yards. Then he runs and gets the first down, and guess what? Josh Myers is called for holding. Now, that one, to me, looked soft as well because his hands were on the inside. So the penalties did, some of them look soft. Uh, on other ones, then, you'd have to sort of say, well, look... Um, if they're a point of focus, well, then by all means, focus on them. Um, Alexander, Jair Alexander, seemingly wasn't himself again at the start of the game, but he, I think he really redeemed himself as the day went, day went on. Um, he got some sort of, you know, diving catches. He's trying to get the ball. He dives for the ball, doesn't get it. Then he tips the ball up and then we get that interception. Um, but there was a couple of messy things that we need to clean up. You know, I mean... When Reed is giving you a false start, when Myers is getting holding calls, when John Runyon is getting sort of, you know, back-to-back fourth and inches calls not going his way, and the Packers still come out and win this game 20 points to three, um, it seems like there's an awful lot of points have been left out there. It was very underwhelming. And if you were to look at the 20 points to three at the end of the game without seeing the game, you know, would you turn around and sort of say yeah, they must have won fairly okay, you know, and I don't think that was the case. And if we just pull back on those penalties and if the veterans don't make mistakes and there's a very rare Aaron Jones fumble. Um, and I think Zach Cruz said it coming into this game is that the Packers and the Giants maybe are the only teams that don't have a fumble recovered, maybe from a running back, I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, of course, science is that he jinxed it. Um, so look, it's... um. It's good and bad. It's up and down. And if you know anything about Packers history, you know, we went through it. We've got a young squad. I know they say that there's no excuses there, but there quite clearly is. We patch up those penalties. And in fact, I thought it was actually quite, um, 
ironic's not the the word but I think at the end of the game uh, we had Emmanuel Wilson going on down the field on a long run and he goes out of bounds and that just goes to sort of sum it up really doesn't it I mean there's a player that you're like just stay in get the run get separation go into contact don't injure yourself go down run out the clock and he goes out uh, on the thing but look what really ends the game is a quarterback sneak and it's without penalty and I think that's quite symbolic to ice the game on a play that got flagged twice earlier that they couldn't uh, execute. So had they executed those ones earlier, the, it would have been moving. Now, you heard Jordan Love talk at the top of the podcast um, top of the dome, about getting the offense into rhythm. And that's exactly what it is. You just keep running. Just keep run, 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 run. And then you get a few passes off, settle down into it, a few checkdowns, and that should be enough to win most games when you have a talent like Aaron Jones. And that's what we've been lacking this season, is just that offensive rhythm. But look, I asked all of y'all what you thought, because, and I'll read out my tweet, it was, uh, run the table part two has begun. And I could already hear the laughing. So look, there's positives, there's negatives, as I said, but I wanted your thoughts. So at Stedman19 says, sure, it was an ugly watch for uh, a lot of it, but um, there was some massive confidence building plays for the offense. Mosgrave getting his first score. Love not trying to force anything uh, all really important for the overall team development. The D was solid all night. Great point, Andrew, in fact, is that Love didn't seem... There was there was one offensive possession where it looked like he did. Uh, one, he, he threw the ball backwards to Aaron Jones and because it was a backwards pass, it was seen as a lateral and then they lost, I think it was six yards on the play and the one after that was nearly deemed the fumble because he threw it into the ground. But apart from that sort of literally back-to-back play brain fart moment, you're dead right. I don't think he tried to really force it. Uh, Darren Moore, still riddled with mistakes, but winning is good. Turns out turns out, giving the ball to 33 is a great idea. Who knew? Can't overlook the opposition, but the D came to play and the offense didn't look like they'd just met. Uh, don't call it a comeback yet, but we have reasons to be positive. Yeah, I do think so. Look, Aaron Jones, it shows that when they do a steady dose of the run, and look, there's he got more touches in this game than he has any other game, and we end up winning the game. And I think I showed that in a prior podcast, is that when you feed Aaron Jones and he gets over a certain yardage, then it's nearly a certain win. Uh, Stephen Fulton, defence turned up big time tonight, confidence boosting win ahead of a tough stretch, must keep everyone healthy. Uh, that being said, I think Christian Watson potentially has a concussion, I hear. Which is not good. Uh, Miss Courtney, I think D played well today. My biggest head scratcher is the penalties. Right there with you. Uh, Nick B just went, woohoo, with love hearts. Couldn't agree more, Nick B. Uh, Foots says, that was insane. The D played so well, even though they're beaten up. Once the penalties go, I don't think we're too bad. Uh, but that Musgrave touchdown play call was something else. So that's the point, is that the D is banged up. We have Stokes off. We've traded away Rasul Douglas. Um... Kenny Clark went off in this game, I believe, with a shoulder injury as well. And the fact that he went off and we didn't skip a beat is is really good. Tory says a win is a win. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, look, uh, it just goes to show, I mean, we saw some sort of offensive magic from LaFleur uh, in this game. And it was down to that Musgrave touchdown. It goes to show that if you're good enough, you can scheme players open. And it's that pre-snap motion. I mean, they literally used... Um, Sean McVay's and Shanahan's plays against them in that way and I think that was great and like McVay's famous for that bunching up wide receivers and all that kind of stuff so look I think it's positive it shows me that even for a play that Matt LaFleur is able to scheme something up to get people open to go in for the touchdown when it really mattered but as um, you said there on the on the comments 
sorry, I'll just get your name, Miss Courtney, is is that it's the penalties. It's the penalties, but not only are they penalties as bad as they are and show poor discipline, it's at the worst times. You know, it's two on fourth down. It's when we get a first down and we're getting that momentum going that we get pulled back for holding. Um, so I do. I, I believe that as well as that once they are cleaned up, it's very hard to point your finger then and say that it's not just the sputtering offense. But the case in point, right? Look at Sean McVeigh, and I know Matt Stafford was injured, but McVeigh is seen as this sort of, you know, going to the Super Bowl, winning the bloody Super Bowl. Um, and he's he's a guy that can remember what he had for breakfast in second grade. And uh, here's a dude who can score three points against the Packers on Lambeau, a Packers team that was on an absolute skid and was really struggling. So it's very easy to point a finger at your own team and say we're inept and we're crap and we're terrible and the defense is crap and the offense is crap and the special teams are terrible. you know. Um, but at the end of the day, we had a Super Bowl winner come into Lambeau Field and lay an egg. And he... Tried to throw it a couple of times. Cooper Cup came down for one pass for 34 yards. But I think they did a good job of shutting him down and then shoring up the run as well. But, you know, it was a head-scratcher when we were over in Lambeau and we saw that, you know, we were two scores down against the Vikings and the clock was running out and the floor calls an up-the-middle play, um, you know, on, on first down. And you're, you're thinking, what are you doing? Why, why are you wasting this time? And then we looked at what happened with the Rams. I think it was something silly like third and 17 uh, by their own end zone and they call a run play as well. So, you know, who knows kind of what went on there, whether they tried to negate the injury to Stafford by making it easy on their quarterback, but I don't think we can fall to defense. It's a win. Is this a statement win? Um, Don't know. You tell me. It's up for debate. Uh, the defense certainly kept us in that game massively and the offense finally figured it out on what to do. It's as simple as this, and I always say this sort of every podcast or every second podcast. Let's just temper expectations a bit. Uh, we can have a good L moan and a good L given out, uh, but let's take the rough with the smooth for this season. And it will really bear out if, and I think this is more for next year or the year after even, if Goody's philosophy of going young and staying young is the way to go. Because it just shows that if the penalties are down to inexperience or poor discipline, uh, well, then what it's proving is, is that if you don't have a veteran rudder on your team to steer this offense, it's a very, very risky strategy to get a you know quarterback who's starting in the full time position for the first time and surrounding him with absolute babies and expecting that to pan out. I mean, the most experienced player on the field, aside from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, uh, in a receiving capacity is Josiah DeGuire who doesn't see the field all the time and is seen as more of a blocking tight end more than anything else sort of a glorified fullback as well so it will this pan out um, it makes him look like a super genius if it does is it panning out for the moment no it really isn't between receivers running the wrong routes no rhythm and the play colleague isn't helping at the minute you would say that it is extremely rough up to this point and I think that another season after this one uh, and it doesn't improve then I think that all eyes will turn to Gudekunst now there is concerns there and you know around salary cap and what we can and can't afford we're paying colossal money to Aaron Rodgers who's not on the roster to David Bakhtiari who's riding the bench uh, with surgeries so we're sort of hogtied in that regard which is why you can kind of understand Rasul Douglas trades particularly if they were going to sort of you know part ways with him at the end of the season anyway but 
I'm buoyed by the win, happy about the win, disappointed about the loss, but it's always fantastic to see the Packers in Lambeau Field and hit the pro shop and get the cheese curds and everything else. But um, I might do sort of uh, philosophy, Gudekunst, uh, Rasul Douglas slash uh, tour sort of podcast um, later on in the week. Uh, if not, then I'll be doing that sort of quick snaps, quick snapage uh, podcast before then. But thanks for tuning in. I'm glad to be back. Sorry if the voice sounds rough, but I'll talk to you soon.